from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. That's the truth. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Heat, Celtics, injuries, game five. 845 here on ESPN 106.3. Get caffeinated. Stone, you going black coffee right now? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, me too. A Colombian. A Colombian coffee. That bam bam. (laughs) Colombian bam bam. Uh, (laughs) uh, Speaking of bam, I want to go through real quick the all-NBA teams. So We have to do it. First team, Jokic, your MVP. Giannis. Luca, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. Fine. Fine. That is fine. Second team, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Curry, Durant, DeRozan. Okay. I mean, I don't know if they paid attention to DeMar DeRozan after January, but all right, fine. Now, now Joel Embiid on the second team, weird. Uh, it's just I that get it. You're just, going by position. Right, but it's just that Jokic replaced him on the first team. I thought right. you'd be outraged, though, considering that you were all on the Joel Embiid MVP bandwagon. Yeah, but imagine what would have happened if they put Embiid on the first team in front of Jokic, who won the most valuable player in the NBA. Like, it just, it just, it just the math doesn't he's, add he, up. He, he, it's a, a result of circumstance. Right. Um, so, fine. But third team, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam. <laughs> ah! So, what's your immediate takeaway? I read all those names. All of those names. All three All-NBA teams. What's your uh, what's your biggest takeaway from that, Stone? That Eric Spolstra uh-huh. did not get named uh-huh. NBA's Coach of the Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too, coincidentally. Uh, so, you have all those names, right? And Jimmy... Apparently is not better than Pascal Siakam. What happened when Jimmy and Trey Young hooked up in the postseason? Trey Young got buried. I mean, we're talking torture chamber, torture rack. We're talking, we're 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 talking uh, unspeakable horrors that that man had to go through in that series. Uh, no, no Bam, no Bam, who couldn't even be a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Tyler Hero not on any of those teams. Sixth Man of the Year. In the uh, in the NBA, um, so let me get this straight: the Heat couldn't place anybody on the All NBA team. Three different teams. The Heat, if you watch first take this morning, and you hear our good friend, what's her name from NBC Boston, Amina Smith, Amina Smith saying that uh, Heat fans show up midway through the first quarter and leave beginning to the third quarter. Good analysis before Game Five, Amina. You're going places. Um, so the Heat don't have a home court advantage. Uh, the the Heat had Max Struess and Omar Yurtsevin and Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin leading them at times in the regular season, all the way to the one seed, won by multiple games, took the one seed in the Eastern Conference. All of those factors, and Eric Spolster is not the coach of the year, all of those things that the voting media thinks about the Heat, no one on the first team, no one on the second team, no one on the third team. Uh, the home court advantage, it doesn't exist. It's dead. It's dead. Jimmy's not a superstar. No superstars. Shouldn't that make 
Eric Spolster, the shoe in for coach of the year. How did, how did Monty Williams with Devin Booker, first teamer, by the way, Chris Paul, third teamer, by the way, apparently the rabid fan base in Phoenix had them behind him. And Monty ta- Williams is coach of the year. Yeah, and Taylor Jenkins placed ahead of the voting and Eric Spolster, too, with Ja on the second team. It's like, there's your I, I headline. Just, there's, I, there's your headline. You're dying, Bristol. You're dying for a Miami Heat headline to run. And it's, do they have home court advantage? Uh-huh. But it's no. Spolster bought the bums to the one seat. Right. The, the, yeah. The, the, the guys that you think just can't compete with the Celtics, even though the series 2-2. Yeah, no talent. No talent. No talent. Uh, this is, we're, we're, we're so desperate that we're going to quarters one in this series. Who's won the most quarters in this series? Because you're so desperate to demean the Heat. We're not even going to have an Eric Spolster conversation after what happened with our All-NBA voting. It'll never, Stone, it'll never make sense. It will absolutely never make sense. Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, everybody. Pascal Siakam, everybody. Um, Joe Varden of The Athletic wrote a piece, by the way. I want to read you, I want to read you the, the tweet leading into the length of the story. Marcus Smart didn't play in Game 4 because he simply could not. Tyler Hero didn't play because the Heat had the luxury of making such a decision. With the Eastern Finals tied, we'll see if it pays off. I don't think that's accurate. The luxury is Devin White. Yeah. Stepping in for Marcus Smart, ripping off seven straight, playing really well. That's a luxury. With with, with Tyler Hero, Ramona Shelbourne reported yesterday that Tyler Hero's groin injury, if this was the regular season... He'd be out two to four weeks. Yep. I don't think the Heat kept Tyler Hero out because they decided to mail. It looked like they mailed it in, but that wasn't the intention to mail it in to rest Tyler Hero because they had already done the job in Boston in game three. They were saving him from himself. He legit couldn't move. If you watched any of the final portions of game three, the man couldn't move. He had no ability to move horizontally. So that, it it almost, and this is the way it sounds, and it might not be the intention, and I read the piece, and I I, I see where Joe Varden's coming from, but it seems unfair. It almost seems like, it almost seems like it diminishes the Tyler Hero injury. Like, it, it wasn't significant. It wasn't legitimate, and the Heat just sort of said, ah, Fools, uh, or uh, you know, it, it, they they sort of said uh, we 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 got the the job done and we're gonna move on. It undercuts Tyler Hero's groin injury, which according to Ramona Shelbourne is a legit real deal. So does so. There's three possibilities. You pick one. Is it just undermining his injury, or is the luxury that we have Oladipo to fill in that six man spot and come off the bench and give us 23, or was it the luxury that the series was tied, or we were up two one in the series and mm-hmm. could afford to lose? Which one of the three? Do you think it is? I, I have a hard time believing that the Miami Heat would go into a game where they can go three games to one and say, ah, you know what, Tyler? We actually, we really need you in a game five. Okay, so cross that so one take off. the night off. There's no luxury of being up 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. Yeah. Or is it Depot? That's the luxury we have? Ola Depot coming off the bench? But then you frame it. The Heat believe their depth could help them overcome a Tyler Hero injury, but by wording it, writing it the way it's written, 
it almost makes Tyler, it, it makes the, the Heat seem unbothered by the prospect of going up three games to one, which I severely doubt was the case. Severely doubt was the case. Could it have happened in the Hawks series with Jimmy not playing game five? Maybe, but it was the Hawks, and you were up three games to one, and you believed coming home for game five you could close out the series without Jimmy Butler. That's a wildly different situation than saying, hey, Tyler, take a seat. Let's just rest your groin here. Uh, we know it's not that serious, but let's rest your groin because we already got the job done in Boston. I think that the Heat organization would read that and feel insulted at the insinuation that that's the tact that they took. 100%. I, I just don't buy it. I do not buy it at all. It's also a reach. The article it in, in itself reach. is a reach. It kind of is a reach. It is. It is. Seem, it seems like a, a, a common denominator. Any Heat article seems like a reach. It, it just, it, it's... What it does is it reinforces, oh, Marcus Smart, he was just so hurt that he couldn't battle. He couldn't go out there with that foot. A casualty of the physicality of this series. Oh, Tyler Hero, he had a little boo-boo in his groin, and the Heat just decided, eh, we'll pass on, uh, we'll punt game four. Like, that's the way it makes it sound. I don't know if that's intended, but I do know how it comes off, and I doubt that that's the way that things went down, especially in light of Ramona Shelbourne saying, hey, talk with some people. This was the regular season. We might not have seen Tyler Hero for a month, which means tonight, I bet, even though he's questionable, he's going to warm up with the intent to play, and it is worth paying special close attention to him. A guy who's been bad in this series regardless, now with a groin that potentially is a two- to four-week injury. Fingers crossed, man. I'm confused that the phrase questionable or warming up with the intent to play doesn't piss you off. I feel like that phrase and that well, whole thing would same, piss you it's off. It's the same thing as lower body injury, upper body injury. Yeah. Like just the, the like I'm what, past what, what, it though. What are we why? Because I've put, as of as a viewer, fan, someone who no, a know. follower like I know. like what are you telling us? You're not giving anybody anything. We're well, going to watch all five all, that we went off the injury report for the Heat. We're going to watch all five, six of them warm up with the intent with, to play. What what, what, what does that do for us? Uh, I think that... Like, are it, they obligated to tell us? Well, what it does, I think for the Heat and teams that use that vernacular, it keeps them from getting in trouble with the league. Because what happened when the Sixers said Joel Embiid's out, 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 out. And then all of a sudden with a half hour before game three, Joel Embiid has passed his concussion protocols and he's available to play and the Sixers find, or the Sixers got fined. For that, So I think what the Heat are doing there is saving their ass. In case someone can't go, then they're wording. They can say, oh, well, he was questionable on the injury report. Right. And he was warming up with the intent to play, but it wasn't a certainty that he could play. So you can't find us. So it's, it's right. It's, it's, yeah. I, I agree. It pisses me off as a fan, too. But that's why they're doing it. So it's either that or strategy. For the case in point, Robert oh, Williams. Oh, it's game. Like Robert yeah. Williams. Like, like yeah. if... if Bam woke up this morning knowing Robert Williams wasn't going to be out there. He's in his bag from the jump, first quarter. Just like Embiid was a mind game. Don't think that the Heat didn't know what was coming. But Doc Rivers, I think that was orchestrated after the game. Oh, I don't know. He he hasn't um, he hasn't passed any of the protocols. Uh, the Doc Rivers said we haven't seen him yet. We haven't seen him. But, uh, like, I think that stuff was on purpose, and they knew that game three was the target date for him uh, in the last series. And I, I think that it's a, it's a less – severe situation, but similar neighborhood here if you're the Heat. But that's why they do that, because they, they don't want to get 
fined, but they're keeping the door open in that spot. And, you know, honestly, like the NBA, especially now with gambling involved, they're really hardcore about that stuff. They're going to levy fines in that area. That's true. But, I don't know why I didn't think of that. But let's not forget, I um I live in the college football world, and Stone, you know, your Division One quarterback, the college football realm and the NFL, that is the the peak of paranoia. If you were if there was a mountain range and peak paranoia where as you're climbing it, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. You're constantly wondering if someone can hear you climbing the mountain. You're you're always anxiety ridden. And is there a speaker here? Is there a microphone here? Who's listening to our conversation? And you climb and you climb and you climb with your Sherpa and you finally get to the top of Paranoia Peak. That's college football in the NFL. In FAU, Florida Atlantic. I love Florida Atlantic. I love FAU. I've been the longtime voice. I love calling their games. I believe in them. But there are some coaches at FAU who treat Florida Atlantic and a game against UTEP like it's Dolphins-Patriots week 17 with the playoffs on the line. We cannot let them know that this guy has an ankle injury. We can't let them know that our second string tight end isn't playing. Everybody locked down the information. It's because football coaches are patently ridiculous and insane. That I feel like you get into that industry, you get into that business, and you have to have an insanity level that makes you think and makes you feel that paranoid that it's so earth-shattering that it could ruin your career. This could be possibly one of my most favorite conversations we had. I am so passionate about this, and I call it main character syndrome. Like, coaches in college football are afraid for their jobs each and every day. To a point of absurdity. To totally. Like, like so nervous, especially position coaches, right? They get paid a lot less than you think if you're not at one of the big oh, schools. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So they are doing things behind your back. All the paranoia seeps in. I would walk into the office, into our staff room where the staff would always meet just to say, what up? Maybe I was going to watch film. Maybe I was going to meet with an advisor, whatever it was going to be. They're watching film. Of a team we play six weeks. <laughs> like, and I, I, and I never keep my mouth shut. I would be like, Yo, what the hell are you guys doing? And they are not talking. Their notepads are out. Uh-huh. And they're scouting a three-tech that we're going to see in six weeks yeah. who's maybe not even that good yeah. and start scheming up against him. Like, like the paranoia, the, just, the, the need to get out ahead of things and have the one-up on somebody, another coach at another school, because he, you know he makes more than you and you want that job instead of what you have, mm-hmm. it pushes people to insanity. Let me give you a, 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 a sort of insight as well. So I'm, I mean, I'm the voice of Florida Atlantic, the radio voice paid by FAU. I want them to play more games, get into the postseason, because that means, one, I get to keep doing what I love, and two, that direct deposit keeps hitting. <laughs> no doubt. Okay? So I am emotionally and financially invested in Florida Atlantic success from a football and a basketball standpoint, okay? But this is way more on the football side. I can't tell you how many times, no matter the coach, um, not all of the coaches, but in my 15, 16 years at FAU, through several coaching staffs, whether it's head coach or assistant, how many times I've heard, uh, well, well, um, you know, uh, I, I, we, we've got some injuries, but you'll find out before kickoff tomorrow. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't help me as the voice of FAU convey to the fans in the game 
what the storyline is, what the situation is. That doesn't help me. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to, you're going to tell me that, hey, uh, this guy's not playing with a hamstring, and I'm going to call Middle Tennessee State's head coach and be like, bro, do I have some big news for you? Watch out for that, that Mike Backer. Yeah, like I, why would I do that? <laughs> why would I do that? It would make no sense for me getting paid by FAU, especially to be like, hey, uh, you'll never guess what this coach told me. You know that starting running back? He's not playing tomorrow. You guys are in the clear. Just stack the box. <laughs> How does that benefit me? The paranoia level is ridiculous in the college football world. And I think also what pokes you is the tone and the way they deliver it. Like they're Bill Belichick. Yeah, you don't need to keep secrets from me. I'm your spokesperson. I'm on your side. It's no different anywhere else. And I would imagine at bigger schools, at Power 5 schools, they don't even bother asking guys like Saban. They don't even bother asking guys oh, like Oh, no, Jimbo. because like, they know they're not getting... Right. They know right. they're not getting and, it. And it's... I mean, it is ridiculous. I can't tell you how much it pisses me off, too, when uh, sometimes in FAU circles, um, like, people that are, are kind of new around there, um, and they don't quite get the relationship between radio broadcast team and and the team. And you, you've seen... You were close to the radio broadcast team at Southern Illinois. Very close. Like, and those dudes... They're as emotionally invested as you. Oh, yeah. They get behind you. You develop relationships. I have so many great friendships that have come from my decade and a half at Florida Atlantic with former players. And I love it. It's part of the, the it's the biggest reason why I keep doing it, I think, is because I love it. I love the brotherhood that comes from that entire thing. But I I cannot tell you how many times it has infuriated me over the last 15 years when someone who doesn't understand that relationship. Like maybe a GA. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, we, you know, we'll, we don't, we don't say these things to media. We don't talk to media like you. I'm not media. I'm not covering the team. I don't cover the team. I call the games. That's not media. I'm, I'm conveying a me- your message. My whole role is the voice of a school, and any voice of any school is to convey a message from the head coach. Convey a message from inside the program. That's the whole point. I call everything with a Florida Atlantic tilt because that's my job as the voice of Florida Atlantic. I am not media. And that comes from the paranoia, though, that I, I'm not an isolated story with this. I think most play-by-play voices now in 2022 go through this. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and 80% of your audience is FAU. Whether it's more it, than that, probably more than that, probably. So it it's it's football fans, it's family, yeah. right? Like, wh- what are they afraid of? You're going to put a tweet that says, you know, watch out, like he's on a snap count that that yeah. you know that that yeah. inside receiver. Yeah, right. It's like, right. well, the only people who who would like to know that, unless the kid is a big time threat and gets like yeah. 12 catches a game, yeah, Middle Tennessee, Southern Miss, like you might want to like kind of realize this guy's on a snap count, but you'll see it in the yeah. film, right? You watch film a hundred times a day, these coaches, but fans, family. They want to know. What am like, I gonna what am I gonna do though? Like the coach is gonna tell me that I'm gonna immediately run to Twitter twenty hours before kickoff and say, Up oh, quarterback has a shoulder injury. We're in big trouble. No. Stop. And what what is heartening though around FAU is when like someone hears that at, at Florida Atlantic, someone who gets it, and they're like, Coach, that's that's not what Ken is. Ken is Ken right. is Ken is with you. He is not a member of the the media. <laughs> it's always a give and take. It's always a give and take. But my overall point is, paranoia, when it comes to injury reports, football is the peak. Oh, yeah. The peak of paranoia peak. It's football, college, NFL. But I think the NBA 
The NBA absolutely has a little bit of it as well. But I think the Heat more so, going back to our initial basis for this conversation, is just to keep the option open, but also in case something goes south, the guy's not feeling it, they're not going to get fined by the NBA. Now, you brought up gambling, and I do Gambling's think nowadays that yeah. might trump all. Because the NBA, probably, because the NBA has its relationships, its gambling relationships. You're going to see the same thing with the NFL. The Patriots aren't going to be able to get away with putting 9,000 people on the injury report anymore because the NFL is not going to stand for it because of their relationship, I believe, with Caesars yeah. that they have. Whether it's so, Caesars, whether it's DraftKings, so all of it. This Belichick thing of putting 27 guys on the injury report the NFL's not going to stand for it anymore. No. You need more transparency because now money is involved and corporate partnerships are involved. Yeah, when you announced, let's just go back to the Philadelphia-Miami series, and in a, like the morning of Game 2 or coming up to Game 3, when we realized that Embiid's not going to play Game 3, we realized that four days ahead. When you wake up on game day that day thinking Joel's not going to play. And we woke up with him still out. We, that's what I mean. We woke up with him still out. I would imagine that there was at least six figures, maybe more, half a million dollars on like a Bam out of bio rebound prop or a Jimmy Butler points prop. Because even the it, game line. Even the most importantly, the game yeah. line. I should have started with that because Embiid's not playing. Yeah. And then he comes and plays. Uh-huh. It shifts everything. That is Vegas raking in yeah. upwards of millions and millions of dollars all because of the injury report and the rumors and, and the, paranoia. And the NBA, like they're happy that their partner's happy, but they're unhappy that their fans are unhappy. Totally. Because they want their fans to keep patronizing said corporate gambling partnership. Yep. Uh, it's a constant battle, and it's all led from paranoia. Yeah. It, it all comes from paranoia, but that paranoia is now going to get tested because these leagues aren't going to stand for that stuff anymore or the over-the-top stuff anymore because now gambling has changed the entire face of this thing, the entire face of this thing. Hey, real quick, can we, um, can we play our friend from NBC Boston – Real quick, her analysis of Game 5, her, her I mean, just in-depth analysis from Game 5. Amina Smith. Smith. Amina Smith, NBC Boston. Can we, can we the, the, the money part of the analysis, once we get there, we can cut it off. But let's just hear again her her insightful take on what, what Game 5 is going to look like. I think that the Celtics team can definitely carry this down to Miami. I just think back to what they were able to do in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, you talk about game six and game seven. Everybody was worried about whether or not the Celtics could go on the road and win in Milwaukee. And we know that Miami is not that same environment that they have up in Milwaukee. Miami fans, they're showing up maybe like mid first quarter and they're leaving early third quarter. So it's not the same type of environment. Why don't you... you you show Amina Smith that that take is just flat-out garbage when you head to Game 5 tonight on the Bright Line. That big old yellow train, because you're not showing up halfway through the first. You're not leaving at the beginning of the third, as Amina Smith wants you to think, because you're taking the buzzer beater train tonight to FTX Arena as the Heat look to take Game 5. Heat, Celtics, Game 5. Put on the pants, baby. It's time. It's time. It's time to get mentally right and time to get in your seat by 845, just like you did, by the way, in games one and two. I don't know what she's watching. I don't know what she was looking at. What do you mean? She's not watching. She's not. She's not. So if you're tired of this, oh, Heat fans are late, and oh, Heat fans leave early, make sure that she's wrong, like flat wrong, like loud and wrong. 
taking Brightline, buzzer beater train. West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami Central Station. Those are the stations with Brightline. They are quick. They are fast. They are stress-free. Here's my game plan, per se, if I was coming from Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast to go to FTX Arena, okay? I'm going to gobrightline.com. That's my, my typing impression, okay? Or the Brightline app, all right? For me, Android, Google Play, bam, right there. It's free. And I am getting my premium seats, okay? So what I do is I get in my beautiful blue Kia K5 GT, go park it, convenient parking, at the West Palm Station. I roll in, okay? They say, hello, Mr. Levicka. Oh, hi. Hey, guys, what's going on? I go to the premium lounge. Mr. Levicka, what would you like? Uh, would you like? Uh, 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 what, what, what do you think I would get there, Stone? What do you think I would get to drink? Nice, uh, a nice warm Pinot. Yeah, nice, a nice warm Pinot Noir, if I could, because I gotta gotta warm up a little bit, warm up the insides. Oh, thank you, thank you, attendant in the premium lounge. I'll have a little bit of a snack, and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get on the train when it comes, okay? And I'll have another Pinot Noir, and I'll enjoy that. I'll sip it down. I'll enjoy myself. I'll kick my feet up a little bit in the spacious seating. Maybe I'll use the Wi-Fi on board and send out a couple of tweets. Boop, 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 right there. Stop at the Fort Lauderdale Station, pick up the rest of our Heat fan friends. Head down to Miami Central Station, get to FTX Arena, block and a half away, sit our butts in our seats at around 8.15, and get ready to take that mm, tonight from the Celtics. All with Brightline. So you can think what you want about Heat fans, but Heat fans take Brightline. Get there without the brake lights. Get there without the traffic jams, without the gridlock. Stress-free and ready to go. We're going to need your energy tonight, and the buzzer beater train doesn't leave until zeros are on the clock and the heater up three games to two. The buzzer beater train with Brightline. Go Brightline.com or the free Brightline app. He's Stone Lebano. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. I need to to go through this story real quick, okay? This is from CBS 12 in West Palm, but... I it, it caught my attention earlier this week because you what would you say Stone was the and we'll ignore the three interceptions in a charity flag football game last weekend but when you were at the height of your quarterbacking powers what do you think was what would you say was the the factor that most kept you from uh, from a, a Division One scholarship out of high school my height uh huh mm hmm yeah plain and simple. And I have had similar height limitations in my life. Made fun of, teased, always the short friend, uh, always the uh, the guy that the taller girls didn't want to date because, God forbid, a tall girl check her ego at the door and date a smaller man. I'm just saying, ladies, if that's you, if that was you, get over yourself. Hey, I'm with you. Get over yourself. I can say all the same things. Gigantor, okay? <laughs> so... Here's the story from CBS 12. Quote, Thank you for breaking both my legs. Tomorrow will be three weeks, Rich Rotella told his surgeon, Dr. Dror Paley, during his first follow-up appointment post-surgery. By choice, he had both of his thigh bones broken by Dr. Paley from the Paley Institute in West Palm Beach. In less than three months, Rotella will hopefully be three inches 
taller. He's the rare patient who underwent cosmetic limb lengthening and is willing to talk about it publicly. The 37-year-old actor, before surgery, was 5 feet 5 inches tall. He'll grow to be about 5 foot 8. After Rotella's legs are broken, special rods were put in each leg to keep the broken femur from healing too quickly. For 80 days, the bones are separated a millimeter a day. Rotella uses a device four times a day, a magnet that pulls them apart a quarter millimeter at a time. When the bone finally heals, it'll be three inches longer, and Rotella will be three inches taller. Wow. Would you, if, if, if you knew that, how tall were you? Five. Ten, so and, and that that was stretching the truth. If you knew as a junior in high school that you could have your legs broken, your thighs broken, your femurs broken, and you could have rods placed into your legs, and you couldn't really do anything for an entire year in terms of running, in terms of anything to do with your legs, but you would come out of this whole thing three inches taller, six foot two. Would you do it? Easily. Really? So you would sit through, I mean, that can't feel good. No. Having your legs, your femurs broken. No. And you sit there and you can't do anything. Yeah, you're a 17. Magnets pull apart your bones. You think you, you would you would be willing to do that. And you don't even know what you're going to be physically coming out of it. Like, great, you're going to be six foot two. Are you going to be able to run again? Are you going to be able to do any of those things as well as you used to again? Now, I would... I answer yes, knowing that I would be able to run again and do physical stuff. So without knowing that, no, the whole answer changes. Because if this guy's just walking and not able to run, it changes the entire thing. But can I always tell you this? Any time, this is probably from sophomore year on, and spring football came around, and that's when all the college coaches come to shake your hand and see you in person, right? They want to see your build, how tall you are, what you look like in person. Every time spring came around during that, that that school season, I would... We ordered them off Amazon, my lifts. So I'd have like two and a half, three-inch lifts in my Adidas as I would shake these coaches' hands. Mm -hmm. Like every year from sophomore year on. So you would try to give an impression that you are taller than you actually were. When I would go to a Nike Spark camp, any camp I went to. Is that a bad character? Is that bad on your point from a character standpoint? Should that be a red flag that you're lying to these coaches, Stone? Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. Because these coaches are dirty and grimy. And once they see how tall you are... They cross you off the list as soon as they Don't get in that car. No, they cross you off that list as before they even leave the school's parking lot. I would pull up to Nike Spark Camps and everything, and they would say, take your shoes off and get on the wall. Well, I would put lifts in my socks. I would wear Nike Elite socks that were thick, and I would put lifts in my socks. So, hey, Stone, nice to see you again, buddy. Take your shoes off for me get up on the wall. Boom, I'm 5'11", I'm six foot. That gets put on a website and verified. That was what I was doing. Got I would it. show So what- it's like going on a roller coaster. Like w- with my oldest daughter, we'll try and put her hair in a bun. Yeah. And we'll put uh, something that lifts her hair a little bit. And hopefully they look at it like Legoland or Disney. And she is, you know, 44 inches tall. And she's really 42 inches tall. And bam, she can go on the roller coaster. Same thing, trying to get recruited as a quarterback. Same exact thing. And I would also do it with weights. I would take a dumbbell or a, a, a sliver weight, which is just a little thin little uh-huh. panel. And I would put them, I would wear sliders where you put thigh pads, and I would put five pounds Weird. in each leg. I would wear big shorts, and I would wear a big sweatshirt. Hey, Stone, step on the scale. 
I was realistically 176. But you're uh, trying to make shrimp, yourself heavier. A shrimp, and I'd get up there, and I'm 196. As a junior in high school, they're like, this kid's got weight on him. Damn. Every year for I three years. I had no years. idea. And, and it was my mother and father who ordered and, and let me do this. Like, it was something that I asked, and they That's were all for it. So I would say, yes, they would let me do that because I wouldn't have. Even though I ended up at the Division One level and got school paid for, right, scholarship, yeah. came out of it with a great degree, all earned it, I wouldn't have been at Southern Illinois. You know I would have been somewhere else, and that's because of yeah. the three inches from that surgery. It's that simple. I would have been calling Stone Labanowitz's college games at FAE. No man. doubt. I would no have doubt. been calling Stone Labanowitz starting quarterback at Florida Atlantic instead. That's fascinating. So Stone says if he could go back into high school, even though he's having both his legs broken, not feeling great, rods in his legs, 80 days those rods are in his legs with magnets pulling apart the bones. Then he can't do anything athletic for two years after that. So the surgery would have to be his sophomore year, and he would hope that he would come out the same guy on the other side but three inches taller. After all that arduous recovery, he would do it. He would do it. I say, no way. Take me for what I am. (laughs) Take me or love me, all right? Would you willingly have your legs broken and a two-year recovery to be three inches taller. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. Would you willingly get both of your legs broken, rods put in, two-year recovery, magnets pulling them apart to be three inches taller? 888-760-3776. Uh, Ricky messages, I'm five foot eight, no bleeping chance. My wife is hot as hell, and I have a South African accent. I'm good as is. <laughs> now, my terrible hairline, that's something we can talk about. I was an all-American college golfer. I wouldn't change a thing. All the gigantors that didn't want to date me, it's their problem. I agree with Ricky. Mic drop. But I agree with Ricky. Listen, I'm five six. I have no desire to have my legs broken. Okay, none. But Stone was going for a scally. Would you do it now? No. Okay. There's no point in doing it now. There's no point in doing it now. Absolutely not. Like I don't think I took. I mean, I took torment for being the small guy. I was the shrimp, the dwarf. You know, it wasn't. I grew up in a less politically correct time where you could say midget. You know, things like that. Um, I got all that stuff. I get it. But I don't think there's any point in my life, even when the hot, tall, buxom blonde would turn me down or at the junior high dance, it was super awkward and people would giggle if I danced with the small girl and I came up to uh, about her chest. Like, There's not one moment where I'd say, yeah, break both my legs, please. I'm good being laid up for two years. And, and, I, and I, I hear myself say I would have in high school, I would have been a 17-year-old boy off of painkillers for, for over a year. Like, that's a scary, that's a scary uh, thought, for sure. I assure you, though, that if this becomes a regular thing, we, I, I, I could see like, this being, unfortunately, a thing that the aspiring college football or college basketball player does. But the problem <laughs> is like, you're still going through puberty. The vast majority at that age still going through puberty, you can really bleep yourself up, I think. Yeah. Like, big time. I suppose it's different when I think this guy's in his 20s or 30s. Should we get this guy on? Oh, hell yeah. All right, let's try and track down his information because I have so many questions about this. He's from West Palm. Well, he's in West Palm. I don't know if he's from West Palm, but I have so many questions about this. Willingly getting your legs broken and just not able to do anything for two years to be three inches taller. Now, a foot taller, a little bit different. Oh, Three yeah. inches? Like, that seems negligible. 
Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Maybe I'm reading. No pun intended. But no pun intended. But is there a difference between that and a, a Brazilian butt lift or, or, or anything anything that the females would a, a do? Breast enhancement. Yes. Is that a breast enhancement. Yes. You don't break your legs in order to have them. Yes. But girl, a Brazilian a Brazilian butt lift and a breast enhancement are different than having your legs broken and not being able to move for two years. You're knocked out when they're broken. It's not like you're watching the doctor break your limbs right, and feeling it. Right, but after the fact, that still doesn't feel good. It's not like you wake up and you see a rainbow and there's birds chirping outside your window and you say, ah, bless this day. Would you willingly have your legs broken to gain three inches? Like, I see what you're trying to do with the analogy. Yeah, because they get but made it's fun not of when the they're younger, too. It's, it's oh. not the same. Okay. It is, it is absolutely not the same. Oh, okay. Okay. I can promise you this. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Um, I, let's just throw it out there. Ladies, if you have had a cosmetic procedure, if you've had a butt lift, or if you've had a breast enhancement, what is that recovery like? Like, how severe is it, and how would it compare, do you think, to having both your legs broken, rods placed in, and then you can't do anything super athletic for two years. How do those two compare? Because I don't see the, the similarity, but I at least see where Stone's coming from. I see where Stone's coming from. And they do say this is a cosmetic procedure. Yeah. Just like a breast enhancement. Just like uh, a butt lift. Okay? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And now the show has gone completely off the rails. Ernesto is in Boynton. Ernesto's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ernesto? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to completely take it off right now. Uh, no, I'll, say I'll take three inches on a penal implant than three <laughs> inches on my feet because I, it makes more sense. I'd rather, it, it I, I rather there's lifts. There are oh, lifts man. for their feet. Uh-huh. I, I'd rather have three inches on my feet. You can, you can get lifts for that. <laughs> no, nah, I'll take that. I'd rather take the other one. I'd rather take the other one. There's no way. Let's go, Rangers! <laughs> uh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. And he's right. There are three inches that could be added elsewhere that make a lot more sense than three inches. In no the doubt. Well done. And we have gone completely into the gutter. We're going to go get that guy. We're going uh, to try and book him for the show because, again, Stone and I have significant questions for him, and we do wish him the best in his recovery. Yeah, we're going to get him and somebody who's had a Brazilian butt lift, and we'll let them battle it out on air. Which one hurt more? Which one's uh, more, more useful? Or, or well, long- I can easily find the Brazilian butt lift person. <laughs> yes, we can. Trekking on this guy might be a little difficult. Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. 8.45 tonight. Coverage begins 8 o'clock. Heat Celtics Game 5. Your home for Heat postseason basketball is ESPN 106.3. It is hot. It is gross. It is disgusting. If your AC is on the fritz, you need options. You need help. You need someone who knows what they're doing. EDS. EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning. EDSAirConditioning.com. Uh, if your AC is starting to falter, and, and here's another one, too. Here's another one, too. Here's another scenario. Your, your, your home, even the, the temperature is set the same on your AC as it always is, but it doesn't feel as cool as it normally does in your home. 
I know some people that just chalk it up to, oh, well, it's really hot outside, so that AC is really working. It's harder to make the, 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 the home as cool as it was, say, back in February. Guys, that is a red flag. That is a red flag. That's not normal. Something's wrong. Okay? So just take it from me because I've been there. I, I, I tell a lot of these tales off of firsthand experience because I have screwed up in the past, especially with AC. And when your AC goes out down here, you are in deep, deep trouble. And this is the time of the year. We're in the summer now. We're in the summer now, and we're in the summer until November. Enjoy. All you newcomers, enjoy. EDS air conditioning. EDS is yes. Oh, Ken, how do I remember how to get a hold? Guys, it's simple. It rhymes. EDS is yes. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. Train comfort specialist. Hard to stop a train. Been doing it since 2006. Family owned and operated. Oh, but I don't have time. I have to work. The kids have baseball. The kids have softball. They are working appointment schedules around you. That's the beautiful part about it. Not only are they going to get you right with your AC, they're trying to make your life easier in order to do it. That is rare. They're a rare breed over there at EDS Air Conditioning. EDS edsairconditioning.com that's eds air conditioning so we're going to try and track down the guy who had his legs broken willingly and had surgery to get three inches on his legs a cosmetic procedure there um i i need to read this story real quick though from pro football talk mike florio he writes a lot about the dolphins and i think there are a decent amount of people out there who like dolphins drama especially revolving around Tua. Am I wrong about this, Stone? Not at all. So, here's Mike Florio's story today, Pro Football Talk. Here's the headline. Tyreek Hill admittedly had low expectations for Tua Tungavailoa. On Tuesday, we posted some praise for Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa from new teammate Tyreek Hill. The story was based on a limited snippet tweeted at the time Hill said what he said. The full comments from Hill have since become available. They paint a slightly different picture. Before praising Tua for throwing one of the, quote, prettiest balls that Hill has seen, Hill made it clear that he came to Miami with low expectations. Quote, at first I thought it was going to be something crazy, the ball going all over the place, Hill said. But Tua actually is probably one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. It's very catchable. I don't want to continue because the more I talk, the more it sounds weird. Tua's a very accurate quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. End quote. I thought it was going to be something crazy. The ball going all over the place? He wasn't asked why he thought that. It quickly became obvious that his praise for Tua is strategic. Hill is choosing to provide as much positive reinforcement as possible for his new quarterback. Quote, I just feel like football is all about confidence, and I'm very confident in my quarterback, Hill said. So I just feel like if I'm able to help him get all the confidence in the world and push other guys to push that confidence onto him, then the sky's the limit for the guy because he's a heck of a talent, has crazy arm strength, Arm talent, end quote. It actually makes sense, and it's clear that Hill is doing everything he can to prop up his new quarterback. But consider this. During their four years together as starters in Kansas City, did Hill ever have to publicly prop up the confidence of Patrick Mahomes? There's the end of the story. It's so selective, though. So Florio points out, I thought it was going to be something crazy, the ball going all over the place. And, of course, the anti-Tua contingent has jumped all over this. Oh, Tyreek Hill thought he sucked. But then Tua's trainer got onto Twitter today and said, Guys, Tyreek Hill was talking about the fact that Tua is a lefty and he's never caught a ball from a left-handed quarterback before. Mm-hmm. 
Context matters. It's because he's a baby. Like, like because he's a young kid who has, like, you're allowed to go after him in that sense. They wouldn't do that to a they veteran. They wouldn't do it to a veteran. No. Absolutely not. So they're just teeing off on a 22-year-old kid. He was talking about Tua being a left-handed quarterback. Yep. Something he has not experienced. Nothing to do, nothing to do with his accuracy. We know his accuracy is fine. Look at the numbers. But again, that's what we do. It's what we do. Oh, Tua sucks. Who, again, who, a story about nothing. But of course it's Florio. Who was worse today, Mike Florio or Amina Smith? I mean, Amina Smith. That was just low blow stuff. <laughs> Stone, forget Connell Count Don for a moment. Play the song. Play the song. It's go time, kiddos. Don't be scared. Don't be weak. If you're worried, suck it up. Focus. Game five. Our groins, they might be sore. We're giving it a go. Hamstrings, ouchie, we're rolling. Jimmy Butler, not even hurt. In his words, he's straight. I hope you enjoyed your first team All-NBA, Jason Tatum, because this night's about to get rough for you. Go Heat! Stone the Battowitz. I'm Ken Levick. I've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.